Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Thousand Wise. I'm Huang Rei. Every year on March the eighth, we celebrate International Women's Day, a day dedicated to honoring women's achievements, raising awareness of gender equality, and promoting gender parity. Women in today's China play a crucial role in all walks of life, which is very different from the ancient male-dominated society, when females were expected to prioritize their duties as mothers and wives, and subordinate themselves to men. Women in ancient China were not allowed to take part in imperial examination aimed at selecting government officials. And they were largely excluded from participating in public life. What then, if a woman did not wish to devote her time to household responsibilities at that time, did she have any possibility of gaining power or pursuing professional goals? In ancient China, there was a special group of females who served as officials in the imperial palace. They were called court ladies. Or Nü Guan in Chinese, established during the Han Dynasty from the third century BC and lasting until the end of the Qing Dynasty in the early 20th century, this female bureaucratic system was a key part of imperial China for thousands of years. Women who worked in the imperial palace were given a wide range of responsibilities and titles, including those of tutor. Scholar, mistress of ceremonies, and attendant on the imperial family. There were many factors taken into consideration when choosing court ladies, including family background, education, skills, and personal attributes. In addition, women selected to serve in the imperial palace were trained in court etiquette and protocol. They were expected to demonstrate exemplary behavior and loyalty to the emperor's family. While the female officials, unlike male officials, have no say in government affairs, some of them were able to use their intelligence and expertise to gain influence. Ban Zhao, who was born in 45 A.D. in the Han Dynasty, is one of the most renowned court ladies in history. Growing up in an intellectual family, she developed a keen interest in learning and education, and became one of the most accomplished scholars of her time. She was appointed as a nüshi, serving as an imperial court librarian and responsible for writing official documents, composing poetry and prose for imperial ceremonies, and recording the court's history. As a female historian, she made significant contributions to recording the history of the Western Han, known as the Book of Han. Her work, Lessons for Women, inspired many women in feudal times to further their own education and strive for personal growth. Due to the profound influence she had on Chinese literature and philosophy, her works have been studied. And revered for centuries. Improvements to the system of women in bureaucracy continued after the Han Dynasty. Indeed, pay for middle and upper-level female officials was comparable 
to that of male foreign officials during the Southern and Northern dynasties, roughly the 5th and 6th centuries. The Sui and Tang dynasties, which rolled from the 6th century to the 10th century, saw the highest stages of development in the female bureaucratic system. By this time, the system had reached a mature state in terms of its organization, job responsibilities and ranks, and served as a template for subsequent dynastic systems. It's worth mentioning that the Tang dynasty, which began in the 7th century, was known for its relatively liberal attitude toward women. Women in this period had more education and social engagement opportunities than in previous dynasties. Therefore, the Tang dynasty is often referred to as a golden era for women in imperial China. The most notable court lady in the Tang dynasty was Shang Guangwang Er, the only female emperor in Chinese history, Empress Wu Zetian, was thought to have had her as a trusted advisor. According to legend, Shang Guangwang Er was Wu Zetian's go-to confidant and a key assistant on things related to statecraft and diplomacy. She was therefore called the female prime minister. However, only a select number of women were allowed to hold the position of court lady, and their status and power were ultimately dependent on the approval and favor of the emperor. Despite these restrictions, court ladies were crucial in preserving and shaping imperial China's history and culture. Nowadays, if you visit the British Museum, you may see a masterpiece of Chinese painting named Admonitions of the Instructors to the Court Ladies, or Nu Shi Zhen Tu in Chinese. The scroll painting vividly depicts the daily activities and appearance of court ladies who serve in different roles. More than a thousand years later, people can still sense how ancient court ladies went about their daily lives and work from the painting. After the Xinhai Revolution in 1911, which put an end to China's last imperial dynasty, Chinese women began the process of ridding themselves of patriarchal oppression. As a result, they began to participate formally in politics. Today, women make up 25% of the members of the National People's Congress, China's top legislature. Meanwhile, 20% of the members of the CPPCC, the country's top political advisory body, are women. To put these figures into perspective, women take 27% of the seats in the U.S. Congress, according to the Pew Research Center. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Huang Rei. Special thanks to Lu Chang, who contributed to the writing and producing of this episode. See you next time. Bye for now.